This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hello listeners, welcome to a bonus episode from the Asian Madness podcast. I've been making a few changes here and there for my podcast, and I will be bringing my Patreon back, but at the same time, I will be cutting down on bonus episodes in my main feed. I will try my best to put all the listener case suggestions in my main feed though. That only seems fair. Thanks for sticking around. So today's bonus episode is a case suggestion from a long, long time ago. Must have been around 2018, I think. Thank you, Brian Spencer, for suggesting this case. This case took place in Beijing, China, back in August of 2008. Do you know what else was going on during that time in Beijing, besides murder? The Olympics. It was exciting, it was fun, but somehow, tragedy and murder still finds a way. Let's begin. Meet the Bachman family. Todd and Barbara are a married couple from Lakeville, Minnesota, both 62 years old. Todd was one of the owners of Bachman's, a flower and gardening business that's actually been in the Bachman family since 1885, so quite a long time. If you're from Minnesota, this name might actually sound familiar to you. The couple had three daughters, and their youngest daughter, Elizabeth Bachman, born in 1978 in Minneapolis, was an Olympic volleyball player. Elizabeth was mostly active between the years 2001 to 2004, and by the time this case took place, she was already retired. In 2006, Elizabeth married a man named Hugh McCutcheon, who happened to be the coach of both U.S. men and women's volleyball team during the 2008 Olympics. So you see, this is how the Bachman family is tied into this case. Todd Barbara, and their daughter Elizabeth had all traveled to Beijing, China, to be with Hugh, husband and son-in-law, who was the volleyball coach at the time. Although they were mostly there for the Olympics, they still found time to tour the historical city. Overall, they were a happy family. Now, meet Tang Yongming, a direct contrast to the Bachman family. Tang was a 47-year-old semi-skilled factory worker from the city of Hangzhou 
in Zhejiang province. If you're not aware, China's economy pretty much began booming over the last couple decades. And although that sounds like a good thing for the country, it actually ended up leaving a lot of other people feeling like outsiders. For a long time, China relied heavily on factory work and agricultural work. And with the sudden advancement and industry change, a lot of these factory workers were, well, they just weren't needed anymore. The issue is not the progress the country was making, but rather how quickly it happened. So it kind of caught a lot of people by surprise, and by the time they realized what was happening, they were on the brink of losing their jobs because it was no longer in high demand. This was the situation for Tang. Note that all of this is just background information that could lead to a better idea of what and why things happened the way they did, and this is not an excuse. Tang Yongming had been working as a factory worker for probably as long as he could remember, pressing metal at the Hangzhou meter factory. Not much is known about this man, but just that he had gotten laid off a while ago after the factory was purchased by a private company and there were some internal transitions. Because work is essential to a person's survival, this brought on a lot of misery and anger into his life. I'm positive he isn't the first one to experience this kind of change, and he definitely won't be the last one. Aside from losing his job, he also began experiencing marital and family problems, presumably due to the fact that he lost his job. He eventually divorced his wife in 2006, and his 21-year-old son was arrested for fraud and burglary in 2007. Tang became known as extremely cynical and angry towards society. According to someone he worked with, Tang was described as someone who, quote, grumbled a great deal, very cynical, and had an unyielding mouth, end quote. After his divorce, he rented a room, didn't work, and spent most of his time idling about. So what made Tang travel nearly 700 miles to Beijing? He had allegedly told a few people that he was leaving and would only return once he quote-unquote made it, whatever that means. Let's jump to the day of the attack, August 9th, 2008. Beijing, the capital city of China, full of history, culture, and of course, people. People attending the Olympics, tourists, and of course, locals. There were even big screens in several tourist areas showing an ongoing Olympic live broadcast for the women's weightlifting competition. Todd, Barbara, and Elizabeth Bachman were touring the city this day with their Chinese tour guide. They eventually arrived at the Beijing Drum Tower, a very iconic and old building built in the 13th century. It was built during the Yuan Dynasty, and over the centuries, it had been destroyed and rebuilt multiple times. The four of them were most likely minding their own business, touring the first floor of the drum tower, when a Chinese man suddenly rushed towards them and began stabbing. I believe everything happened extremely fast. There was very little time to react. Tang quickly tried to stab the group of four, and as soon as he felt it was done, he ran away. Todd, Barbara, and the tour guide all received stab wounds but Elizabeth was unharmed. The attacker, Tang, ran up to the drum tower after the attack and immediately jumped 140 feet to his death. All three were immediately rushed to the Beijing Union Medical Hospital, but unfortunately for Todd Bachman, 
His injuries were too severe. Barbara, despite suffering life-threatening injuries, managed to pull through. It was later reported that both Barbara and the tour guide were in stable condition. You would think someone would have seen or noticed something, but maybe because it was so crowded and so busy, it was difficult to actually see beyond your own group and probably difficult to hear any cries for help. Because the drunk tower was a huge tourist spot and because the Olympics were ongoing, there were also a ton of police officers patrolling the area. It's strange to think that no one saw this, nor was anyone able to grab the guy after the stabbings. Tang was able to carry a knife to a crowded tourist spot, take it out, and stab not just one, but three people with it, and managed to get away to kill himself. The area where the attack took place was immediately closed off to tourists. Police questioned possible witnesses in nearby shops were all forced to close up. There was a lot of blood at the crime scene, sort of just spattered all over the floor. Police upped their presence by putting more police officers around the Olympic areas to help people feel safe. Extra security checkpoints were also added, and large outdoor screens showing the Olympic Games were turned off or muted to avoid gatherings. As soon as news got out, both governments began to take action. The Chinese government and Chairman Hu condemned the actions of Tang, calling it unacceptable and promised the family members they would investigate this case thoroughly. The U.S. government expressed their sadness and offered their condolences, while the U.S. Embassy also reached out to the victims and said that they were willing to help in any way possible. The U.S. president at the time was President Bush, and he was actually also in Beijing for the Olympics. Bush and Hu met up and both expressed their condolences to the victims and their family. The United States Olympic Committee also put out a statement expressing their sorrow for the horrible event that took place on the second day of the Olympics. The police obtained background information on who Tang was and came to the conclusion that he acted out because of his unhappiness and anger towards society. From what they gathered from witnesses, Todd was walking a little bit behind his wife and daughter. That's when Tang rushed out from nowhere and began to attack Todd. Barbara then heard her husband and turned back to go to him. That's when Tang probably realized someone was coming to help him and decided to attack Barbara as well. Despite the victims being closely linked to the Olympics, police and officials ruled out the possibility that this attack had anything to do with it. Whether or not it had anything to do with the Bachmans being American, though, is something I'm not too sure about. For one thing, I highly doubt Tang would know they were Americans, probably just saw them as foreigners. Maybe it was a random attack, maybe they did something that triggered him, maybe it was because they're outsiders, or maybe he misdirected his anger about losing his job, equating that to foreigners being in China. Who knows? Either way, officials have labeled this as an isolated incident, mostly because there was no real motive, and it's pretty rare for locals to attack foreigners like that. This attack, though, brought on several discussions online. Many Chinese people felt embarrassment for Tang's actions, stating that it forces the world to see China as an unsafe and violent country, whereas it really isn't. Since it also happened during the Olympics, it could also, quote, tarnish China's moment of Olympic glory, end quote. I personally feel that Chinese people in general are very nationalistic and patriotic. 
There's nothing wrong with that, of course. Go be proud of your country. But I also feel like by feeling this kind of embarrassment sort of throws away the reality of the attack. Instead of looking at it from this perspective, many others brought up the topic of mental health awareness and chronic unemployment. Clearly, Tang was not in a good place, and if help was provided to him in a timely manner, maybe all this heartbreak could have been avoided. It would definitely be a huge task for the government to organize anything like that for sure, considering how many people live in China and how big the country is. Nevertheless, it's a good conversation and topic of discussion to have. This case was very straightforward, so let me add in a little something else. I came across an article online stating that Tang was actually a scapegoat, and that the person who really killed Todd and attacked Barbara and the tour guide got away with it. Strange, right? According to some anonymous source, this murder was planned out by some higher-ups, and the actual killer was a hired hitman. So why do some people believe this? For one thing, there were lots of guards, police officers, and security checkpoints all over the place. There were even those TSA-style machines that scanned for metal and whatnot. If that is true, how could they not have noticed a knife when Tang went through the security doors? Well, I think it's possible. For one thing, if no one was expecting somebody to show up with a knife and kill someone, then they probably wouldn't be paying much attention to that. The doors could have beeped, but it could have easily been explained away as either a mistake or because he had a watch or a bracelet on. Next. A witness had allegedly stated that the man who killed Todd Bachman was actually a tall man wearing a suit and appeared to be a lot younger than Tang. The witness went on to state that the man seemed very agile, seemed to know exactly where he was going and what he was doing. He seemed professional. And what about Tang? Why would a man who did nothing wrong suddenly jump off the second floor? Even if he was looking to commit suicide, how could you explain the perfect timing? Well, again, according to anonymous sources, and beware, this will sound far-fetched, Tang was actually not Tang. It was, in fact, a woman who was looking to commit suicide, and she was pushed off the second floor. Conveniently, they pinned the Bachman's stabbing attack on her, except she didn't jump. She was pushed off, and also they said it was Tang, not her. Confusing, right? I'm super confused. Even if the first half of this conspiracy theory is true, I don't get how they can get away with pinning it on a guy when in fact it was a woman who died. I'm just trying to give you all the info I have, and don't worry, I realize how weird this sounds. Is it completely impossible? I mean, nothing is impossible, right? What if it's true and everyone was just complying, scared to give a different version, Scared the police will come after them. Either way, don't take this too seriously. It's just extra info, but in my opinion, it's a bit far-fetched. So there you have it. The Beijing drum tower stabbings that took away a father, a husband, a prominent figure in Minnesota, and a respected man. Although this killing made the news in China, it wasn't heavily reported on. Maybe because they wanted to keep it more on the down low? or maybe because the Olympic Games was taking up much more media space. I'm not going to tell you not to stab people if you feel like your life is falling apart. I hope you already know that. 
Rather, try to be more alert of your surroundings, even when there are crowds and it seems safe. It's probably weird to imagine yourself going to places with tons of people at the moment, but don't worry, that day will come. We cannot control what others do, but we can try to help ourselves. Please be safe, and please take care. Till next time. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.